Command Sergeant Major Joseph Harbour is the Garrison Command Sergeant Major for Fort Campbell. He joins Charlie and Katie to share the story of why he joined the Army, what a Garrison CSM does, what makes Fort Campbell special, and some great events coming soon to post. This Fort Campbell episode brought to you by FNM Bank, all in this episode of Clarksville's Conversation. Hey, Sergeant Major, how you doing? Hey, good morning, sir. How you doing today? Good, good. Welcome, welcome. I've Thank been you. wanting to get you here for a long time. Uh, I'm pretty sure you have, sir, but <laughs> everybody wants to talk to the commander, uh, and That's rightfully right. so. We do our work in the shadows, sir, to help the team. I know you do. I know you do. Katie, you've just met Sergeant yep. Major Harbor. Yes, it's a pleasure. He has got a really big job at the garrison. But before we learn more about that, let's learn a little bit about you and how you got in the Army and how you ended up at Fort Campbell. Okay. So, sir, I'll tell you, you know, we always hear the stories about go to war or go to jail. Um, I'm not saying I specifically <laughs> fall into that category, but I'm about as close as you can get. You know, I went to college. I tried the old college route and mm. getting out from under mom and dad. Mm-hmm. I kind of stranded a little bit off the beaten path and ended up in uh, not doing so well in school. And so I decided I'd try and join the Army based on my sister being in the Army and it looked like she was doing great things. So in 1994... The, I talked to the recruiter and they waved Hawaii in front of my face as a young 20 year old. I was like, man, heck yeah. All I got to do is go to Hawaii. I was like, sign me up right now. (laughs) So that started the journey. Right. And, you know, when I came in, I thought I was going to do a quick four years and mature a little bit and then move Mm -hmm. on with my life. Uh, I deployed to Haiti when I was over there in Hawaii. And then they sent me here to Fort Campbell back in 1996. And I was blessed to have met my wife here, uh, Lori, and we got married. And then that's when the fear and anxiety set in about, am I capable of supporting a family Uh getting out with no sort of career path ahead of me? So we decided, hey, we're going to stick this Army thing out a little bit and try and ride it out and see what happens. I tell you, we left Fort Campbell and we went on. uh, And ever since then, we were fighting to come back to Campbell. Yeah. Um, and do you still have family here since she's from, since you met her here? My wife is from Dixon, so okay. she still has a lot of her family nice. living in Dixon. And that was a draw to get us back, especially during the global war on terror, mm-hmm. to have that family network there yeah. to support her. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was sitting on a mountaintop in Afghanistan, and Sergeant Major came up. He's like, hey, hero, you're going to JBLM Washington. Yeah. And I was like... Oh, that's horrible. But he was like, I'll make you a drug deal or a deal. You stay here and finish this fight out with your team and I'll get you back to Campbell. So came back from Afghanistan in 2007 and he got me straight back to Campbell. And then, of course, we all know what was going on then. Yeah. Back to back deployments. Um, So it's just a blessing to get back here to Campbell. Wow. Have you been back here since 07? Yes, ma'am. I took a little short stint and left and went down to the Sergeant's Major Academy Mm -hmm. down at Fort Bliss. But I left my family right here because the goal was always to come back here. And, you know, I tell everybody the Army is a people business. Mm -hmm. And it's about who you know that can help you, you know, sometimes get you to where you want to be. And it all worked out. So now, how old are your children? My oldest one is 23. Okay. My youngest is 22. And she'll graduate from the University of Kentucky in December. Knock on wood, all goes well. Good. Congratulations <laughs> on Thank that. You, ma'am. Oh, my God. So, goodness. this is home to them. This is mm-hmm. home. You know, uh, I can remember back when my daughters were in school and my un- youngest one had to write a paper on being 
the typical military brat. Mm -hmm. And I was like, hey, that topic's not good for you. Mm -mm. I said, you can't write about the constant moving all over Mm -hmm. the place because you pretty much went to school with the same kids Mm -hmm. from elementary school through high school and now into college. Um, So they've got a different experience than most. Than most, right. Yes, ma'am. Wow. So so you start out thinking, okay, I'm going to do my four years, maybe try to mature a little bit. And now you're the uh, sergeant major at the garrison at Fort Campbell. So that's that's a pretty good pretty good spot but what does what does what does the garrison do what does that even mean we hear garrison mm-hmm. garrison commander all that but what what's your job what what really happens yes sir so i think when i have to break this down to an audience that maybe not be as familiar with the garrison mm-hmm. i often say if you look at fort campbell as a city the city of fort campbell and you look at general mcgee as the mayor of fort campbell then the garrison is your city managers of Fort Campbell. Yeah. So we're responsible for the safety and security, the barracks and housing, resources, and everything to provide for our soldiers, families, and our civilian workforce on Fort Campbell. And to take that to a broader perspective, we service about 250,000 personnel on any given day on Fort Campbell wow. because we have a large retiree population here in Montgomery County and Christian County. Um, so it's a daunting task, right? And you're always trying to look to what can I do to better provide for these soldiers that come in the gate? Because, you know, Colonel Jordan will always use the analogy of we take care of everything. So when a soldier's deployed in harm's way, the last thing we want them to worry about is what's going on back here at Fort mm-hmm. Campbell. Yeah. Well, wow. That's, and that was a broad overview, but when we really talk about it, you, you said civilians and, of course, military. You're, most of the people that work for the garrison are civilians, correct? Yes, sir. We only have about 26 military personnel inside the organization. Most of those rely or reside in our religious support office. Yeah. Um, but then we have about 2,000 professional civilians, DA civilians, that take similar oath to the mm-hmm. military. You know, mm-hmm. they raise their right hand. Um, but they are the ones that truly make Fort Campbell so special and until you're on the garrison team, you're a consumer of services provided by the garrison. So you tend to take a lot of that stuff for granted. Yeah. It just mm-hmm. happens. You don't know how. But being on the garrison, you get that peek behind the curtain and you realize that, hey, it's not the green suitors that make Fort Campbell so special. It's that amazing civilian workforce that is dedicated to doing everything possible for yeah. the soldiers and their families, you know, just to make sure this continues to be the best soldier and family experience. Yeah. Now, how many, you might not, you probably, you know the answer that how many people are in that civilian workforce? We have about 2000, about 2000. That's a good amount. That's a lot. Yeah. And, and you handle everything from, uh, utilities, roads, uh, childcare, any, I know, uh, depart department of defense handles the schools, but you still deal with the schools. So you have a broad range of everything. Yes, sir. I mean, you know, in growing up in the military as an infantryman, you know, I often talk about I never dreamed that I'd be worried about a fight at a school or the right. lack of formula in the yeah. commissary or can a spouse get their child into daycare. Those were way outside my mm-hmm. realm. And yeah. I never dreamed in my wildest imagination that I'd be sitting where I'm sitting now where those are the daily fights, right, that you Work with your partners, everybody mm-hmm. from AFES, DECA, DODIA, Red Cross, 
all trying to get to the same goal of making sure that our families and soldiers have everything they need. Yeah. Right. So, um, so helping the families has got to be great. How does the communities of Clarksville, Hopkinsville, Oak Grove, everybody that's surrounding Fort Campbell, how does the community play into what you do? Well, I think there's a, there's a couple things there. You know, we can talk about, you know, I can remember, you know, even when I was with the infantry brigades doing the deployments and stuff, when I'd come off the plane there out at Hangar 3 back when we did the welcome yeah. home ceremonies yeah. there, I'd see a lot of family members there, but I'd see just as many community members there showing their support, mm-hmm. you know, for what the soldiers have done. But then it's the community tying in with, you know, our Army community service or our family advocacy programs or the transition assistance program to try and provide support to whether you're just getting here to Fort Campbell and you know, your spouse needs a job. You know, we have a great relationship with the community where there's help there. Everything Mm -hmm. from working with Miss Pitts and Bella's closet to help support our spouses as they try and go forward. Um, So there's a lot of opportunities there. And every event that you see out in the community is open arms, you know, I've never seen so much support of soldiers and their families, even, you know, back when we were doing all the deployments, mm. everywhere you went, you saw the yellow ribbons mm-hmm. on businesses, schools, churches. It didn't matter. God bless our troops. You didn't see that at other military yeah. installations, you know, and, and again, it's that constant tie in to community reaching out. Hey, what do you need? What can we do to better support? And I just think that's amazing. Yeah, I I think one thing that our community needs to know is that you guys can't really ask us for anything. You can't go out and say, hey, can you help with something? But if we offer up that question, what can we do for you? What? How can the community support you? Then you can answer that question. But you can't go out and solicit help. That That's true, sir. I mean, we can't. We may know there's a need for certain infrastructure. Yeah. But what we are prohibited from doing is saying, Hey, we need this. Can you help get this done? Right. Because we have our own policies and procedures we have to follow. And then not saying there's a lot of bureaucracy in everything we do, but we all have the red Mm -hmm. tape that we have to manipulate and, Mm. you know, try to get to yes. When we're looking at what best supports the soldiers and families on Fort Campbell. So talk to, speaking of Fort Campbell, let's talk a little bit about, because you mentioned this off mic, what makes Fort Campbell so special? Because you've been other places, but this is where you want to be back other than family. So. So again, I think what makes Fort Campbell so special is the civilian workforce Mm -hmm. on Fort Campbell, right? Um, Now, Fort Campbell, am I right that it is probably the largest employer in Middle Tennessee? I think a lot of people don't realize that. Yes, ma'am. Um, so, I mean, they are what makes Fort Campbell so special. Some of them have been there for decades. And, you know, between the civilian workforce and the community, it provides a lot for a deployed soldier. And I'll give a personal scenario. You know, being deployed, father-in-law passed away, mm. and I was a first sergeant at the time. And I thought, okay, my rightful place is to go home and support my family. But my wife had called my sergeant major and told him, hey, I need Joe to stay there with his boys because they need him more than I need him right now. I got. Oh, wow. She sounds like a community. She sounds pretty special. She is special. Mm -hmm. You know, anything I've done, all credit to her because she's got the toughest job in the world is putting up Mm -hmm. with me. Mm -hmm. 
Well, she sounds pretty special. She sounds pretty strong to be that, to tell you to just stay. Yes, ma'am. Mm-hmm. So um, I interrupted your story. I'm sorry. You were talking about like, you, I'm, you were talking about she told them that. So. Yeah. And it, it's just that the way the civilian workforce and the community will pull together in a time of need and provide that support that, you know, maybe a green suitor necessarily mm-hmm. can't do or. Yeah. We're not as good as what we should be at doing some mm-hmm. of that stuff where the community is a lot better. I think something that's really important, and, and we talk about this a lot, and, and you talk about it when you have groups come to Fort Campbell and you do the city of Fort Campbell brief, but topics from housing and you know the number of soldiers out there, but the economic impact that Fort Campbell, all aspects of Fort Campbell have on our region. And I think I think to Tennessee, it's like over $10 billion economic impact through all, all resources. So I think that's important for our community to understand. It's not just the soldiers, but it's the families, the retirees, the civilian workforce. All of that really helps build our economy. Absolutely, sir. Sure does. I mean, you, you mentioned it. You know, we did the... Tennessee economic uh, research, 2019, it was $10.1 billion, with about $4.6 billion of that being just direct disbursement. And then the rest of that just based on businesses that may or may not be here yeah. if Fort Campbell were to go away. Mm-hmm. So I think there's a huge impact on this side of the state line when you look at just the monies that are flowing into the community. Yeah. And, you know, we're getting bigger. So there's more opportunities there. And, you know, Clarksville is growing right along with Fort Campbell. So oh, yeah. There's definitely room, and we'll see what the future holds. Hmm. So speaking of future, you have some events coming up, right? I One's do. just right around the corner, a little spooky. It is. <laughs> it is. Spooky. So, Operation Friend Ghost? Operation Friendly Ghost. Friendly uh, Ghost. You know, we learned the hard lesson several years ago mm-hmm. that you don't mess with Halloween. So Colonel Jordan has determined that we're going to do our trick-or-treating festivities on the 31st of October. That's a Sunday this year, right? Or is it a Monday? I think is it's it a Monday? Monday. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, but that's an opportunity for our boss program, a better opportunity for single soldiers, along with our Department of Emergency Services. Uh, they'll work together to make sure our children have a friendly and safe environment and can navigate through the housing areas mm-hmm. to hopefully fill those buckets mm-hmm. full. Yep. Um, I still have, well, I still have a kid that wants to trick or treat, but he would not want me putting it in this podcast because he might be a little old. <laughs> we we do reverse trick or treating in our neighborhood. What is so, that? So we have kids that still go to the doors, but sometimes we drive our golf cart. We have a few of us in the neighborhood that have a golf cart and we will drive around with buckets of candy instead of waiting for them to come to us. We go to them and drive down the road and hand out candy out of our golf cart. That's his way of turning it into an adult party, I think. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> you don't have to tell everything, but it's a good time. Yeah, it's a good way to make sure no child is left behind. True. You're going to hunt Charlie, them down. you're doing your part. Yeah, that's right. Do you dress that's up? Right. Do you dress up, though? Oh, no. Okay. <laughs> I wanted to know that, yeah. But, yeah. So we have Operation Friendly Ghost, and that's on Halloween. Is that on Fort Campbell, or will it be in neighborhoods off Fort Campbell? Yes, ma'am. It's on Fort okay. Campbell. Um, anybody can get access as long as they're allowed access to the installation. Mm-hmm. They can just go get a visitor's con- uh, pass at the Visitor Control Center there at Gate 4, um, and then they're welcome to navigate through the housing areas. There will be uh, military police at several of the busiest checkpoints. Mm-hmm. You know, just trying to protect our children mm-hmm. as they try and navigate sure. through the housing areas. Mm-hmm. What What else you got going? Uh, there's probably a million things, but 
couple things off the top of your head. Well, as we talk, we're starting to prepare for our Black Start exercise coming up in the spring. And those that are familiar with Fort Campbell, we've been doing several mini exercises to test our our power redundancy yep. and make sure if something catastrophic were to happen and we were to lose, lose power across the installation, could our primary nodes be self-sufficient? And so these mini start exercises kind of pointed out or highlighted some holes in our swings that gives us time to go ahead and address those needs now. So when we do the major exercise in the spring, hopefully everything works accordingly, good. you know, and it, a lot of it is communicating with, you know, our service members yep. because a lot of them live in the housing areas and some of these are going to affect housing areas prior to the March. But we need to know if there's exceptional family members with medical needs that we may not be tracking when we shut the power down, that that's going to shut their medical device down. Mm-hmm. So we're counting on those families to let the chain of command know so that way it gets back up to us so we can plan accordingly. Because mm-hmm. last thing we want to do is really disrupt anything like yeah. that. So um, just so I make sure I understand, I'm dumbing it down for myself. So is this an exercise that helps you guys prepare for if there's a blackout, uh, energy blackout? Okay. Yes, ma'am. And, you know, that's a big push coming from higher headquarters is your redundancy. Are you capable mm-hmm. to survive if something like that, the blackout were to right. happen? Yeah. I was. I, I think about that on a smaller level, like getting generator for the house and just random things. So, yeah. Well, I know, and you you put this word out not only through local media like we're doing, but also through your town hall meetings. So, how how do those town hall meetings work, and how do people hear about it? So, sir, great and glad you asked about that because our next community town hall is uh, November second at ten o'clock. And you can attend in person at Cole Park Commons, or you can watch on uh, Facebook. And that's normally chaired by the garrison commander and senior commander, General McGee. He's even piped in from uh, abroad yeah. once before. And they'll talk. There will be several different briefs about upcoming events. But then there's also the chance for the community to come up, whether it's Montgomery County, Clarksville, Christian County, Hopkinsville, to brief events they mm-hmm. got going on. To, so that way we can better support everybody and, you know, everybody knows what's going on because information is key, mm-hmm. right? Yep. And it's making sure you know. So the more people that know, the better support you'll get. So it's on the, um, is it on the Garrison Facebook page or, or how do they find it live? It is on the Garrison Facebook page. And prior to the event, uh, you'll see it a lot of advertisements on the social media okay. um, that it is coming because... Obviously, we want mm-hmm. people to tune in. We'd love for people to show up in person um, just to kind of, I don't want to say get away from the yeah. stereotype we call COVID, mm-hmm. but get yeah. back to normal operations. We all need that face-to-face interaction. Right. I agree and, with that. And do you take a interaction from the crowd? People can ask you a question? Absolutely, sir. Uh, there's a question and answer session, and it can go the whole gamut of one of the special briefers to directly focus yeah. at the senior commander or garrison commander, and then they will answer your questions. And then yeah. a lot of times, mm-hmm. I'm not saying that people are scared to ask a question in a public forum, but yeah. that is what I'm saying. So then they'll pull, grab the commander off to off the, the side, side and do a yeah. one-on-one session, which is fine. Um, because again, if you got a question, you're not the only one with that question, yeah. right? And yeah. that's the beauty of asking it in a public forum. Mm-hmm. So then everybody gets that answer. Yeah. Yeah. 
Well, what have, what have we left out? What what are we missing? Anything else we need to uh, spread the word for you? Sir, I mean, I will continue to beat the drum on transition assistance. Yeah. Um, yeah. We have about 5,000 soldiers that get out of the military at Fort Campbell on any given year, right? And yeah. that can be your 18 to 24-year-olds that come in and do one enlistment to somebody that's getting out after 29 years. And when we did pull the numbers and did the research, about 31% of that stay in the local area, which exceeds the Army average by about 7 or 8%. Yeah, it's a good amount. So. There's a large workforce that's willing to stay in the region. And then I'll argue that the other 61% that are saying they're going back home, if they had a job opportunity, they would stay here in the region. And, uh, you know, working with Mr. Schultz, it was identified that the region's going to have about 250,000 jobs, you know, just waiting on people to jump into those positions. It's getting tied in with the transition assistance program, Mm -hmm. Ms. Fugate. And, you know, getting our soldiers, because they start the transition process about 12 months out. Yeah. Right. Yeah. If we can get the employers in there, start talking to the soldiers, it's a big win for both the soldier and the community. But the other thing to highlight is the spouses. Mm-hmm. And we'll always talk about if you win the spouse, you win the soldier, right? Because it makes the soldier transition a lot easier, especially for a young soldier, if they know their spouse has got meaningful employment has roots settled in Clarksville and makes a transition a lot easier. So now you're winning both. You got the soldier and the spouse. Um, so I, I just continue to talk about that. And we do tours with business leaders mm-hmm. all the time. And that's the one thing we talk about. We always talk about the soldier, but we can't forget about the spouse. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, because they, they also don't have the resume, you know, showing that they've done all this stuff because a lot of times, a, they're supporting their soldier, right. but they're supporting other organizations for yeah. the unit. Mm-hmm. So they don't, they may have a gap in their resume, but I promise you being a, a military spouse in my eyes has to be the toughest job because sometimes your mom, dad, educator, disciplinarian, yeah. all the, above. all the things. Yes, ma'am. Yeah. That's, that's why we've, we've got to help uh, connect to people and explain, you know, what, someone's job is when you're an infantryman or, or a spouse, you know, a lot of people don't know what that means. Yes. So we've got to do a better job as a community. And I think we are doing, we're making great strides because it was just probably five or six years ago that instead of 31% staying here, it was down in the mid teens. So we're making great strides in, in keeping you, you folks here, but we've got to do a better job of connecting and understanding what gaps can be filled. Yes, sir. And, so, you know, I think that's a two-way street, too, though. Yeah, you know, yeah. we sometimes our resumes don't fit that stovepipe, right? Yeah. It's, but your relationships and how can you get your foot in the door? Because I'm a firm believer if a soldier can get themselves in the room for an interview, you'll see that whatever's on paper, that they're pretty amazing, right? Because even mm-hmm. that 18 to 24-year-old getting out of the military— yeah has leadership experience. They've led at least three to four of their peers, mm-hmm. possibly in combat, which is arguably the most stressful situation anybody mm. could be put in. But they've got a level of maturity. You know they're going to show up at the right place, the right time, in the right uniform. They're mission-oriented, goal-focused. And, you know, when you talk to employers, that's what everybody wants. You right. Know, you're checking off all those mm-hmm. blocks, but your resume just does not fit the HR stovepipe yep. to get you into that position. Wow. You're right. Well, we sure appreciate you, Thank you taking time to visit with us. And if 
you ever want to get the word out about anything, you just let us know, and we're we're here to help you. Well, thank you very much for having me. And absolutely, you know, again, and, the community and teammates like you two are what truly makes Fort Campbell just a special place to be. And you know, bring them, bring on the business, bring the soldiers, because I guarantee you, once a soldier gets here, they're going to fight the rest of their military career yeah. to stay here or get back here because. They truly understand this is a gem and where they need to be. So thank you for your time. Well, we want to keep it that way. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Subscribe to Clarksville's Conversation wherever you get your podcasts so you don't miss out on a single conversation.